Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. We're pleased to have with us today attorney Daniel Rabb from the law firm of Daniel W. Rabb, PA, in Miami, Florida. Dan has practiced law in Florida for over 20 years. His specialties include transportation and admiralty matters. He is also an adjunct professor of insurance law and the author of Transportation Terms and Conditions and a contributing author for Goods in Transit. Dan, we're very pleased to have you with us today. Well, it's good to be here with you. Our topic today is on limitation of liability and a recent case in Texas involving transportation law. And Dan, can you open by briefly describing this case for our audience? Sure. This was a case that was decided in Texas within the last year. The opinion was delivered on December 16, 2009, and the case is Texas Tape and Label Company versus Central Freight Lines, Inc., and it's significant in that it's a good compilation of motor carriers being able to limit their liability, and even though it's a state case, it does give reference to federal law, including the Carmack Amendment. And what the case was about was the carrier, Central Freight Lines, Inc., picked up some cargo from Texas Tape and Label Company, and when it arrived, or rather, actually, there was a lost package that was part of the shipment, and the claimant filed a claim for $24,930 in damages. And that sounds like a significant amount of money. However, the carrier only wanted to pay $3,750 because it had a limitation of liability within its bill of lading. The limitation of liability was $25 per pound. And this is really something that's significant and with interstate shipments, and I've come across this a lot in interstate trucking cases. Subsequently, I mean, actually, the claimant obviously was not too happy about having its claim reduced over 75, 80 percent, and they appealed the decision of the trial court, which upheld this limitation of liability that was sitting on the bill of lading. Okay, and then you mentioned the uh, Carmack Amendment. Can you uh, define that for our audience? Yes. Uh, this is a federal statute that covers the liability of motor carriers that participate in interstate with with regard to interstate shipments and it covers motor carriers they're the primary carriers and also what's called a surface transportation freight forwarder which doesn't operate the trucks but does consolidations and assumes the liability of a motor carrier now what the carmack amendment does hold is that a carrier, in the case is interpreting it, that a carrier can limit its liability. However, it does have to give fair notice and an opportunity for the shipper to be able to declare a higher value, which the court found in this case was done. In fact, the court found that there was a section right on the bill of lading where a higher amount could have been filled. It was left blank, but yet the shipper had gone ahead and signed it. Okay, and uh, what else can a carrier do to uh, protect itself? Well, I mean, the other thing, just in an abundance of caution, I, 
I mean, some of the cases talk about when you ship goods, if you haven't actually seen what's inside the container, it's a good idea to maybe write, just as you would with an ocean bill of lading, a notation such as shippers load and count, shippers load weight and count, to make sure that they're not held liable for what's inside the container in case there are some missing items. So that would show that they really didn't know the condition of the cargo when it's shipped. Some of the cases talk about having a tariff in the office, but with the Surface Transportation Board, you're not really required to file that with the government. So, I mean, if they want to keep a copy of the documents or just something to the effect in their office that they have these limitations of liability, that that might further protect the carrier. And this becomes important not only to the insurer for the motor carrier, but it's something that the parties who are insuring the cargo have to be aware of. Because when they go to file a subrogation claim, they're going to get hit with this limitation of liability. A few, but I haven't seen too many insurance carriers are trying to get their insureds to fill in that box and declare a higher amount. But many times, the cost of declaring a higher value could be prohibitive. The other thing that I think a carrier should be really careful to do is to make sure that whoever it is who is shipping with them has a way to declare the full value of the cargo and not the partial amount, or there might be a way to try to get around the limitation of liability. For instance, if let's say the shipment is worth $200,000, but they only offer a rate up to $100,000, the carrier could get stuck paying for the full amount because there would at least be an argument that they should have had an opportunity to declare the $200,000 and pay a corresponding rate. This is just something that really a lot of shippers get shocked with when they have a loss and they get hit with these kinds of limitations. I've even seen some in cases I've handled lower than $25 per pound. And, of course, the insurer for the motor carrier should really check and make sure that if they're insuring a motor carrier that they have these limitations of liability because they're the ones who ultimately will benefit from them. Now, are there any other areas of transportation that can also be impacted by this? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because there there was another case that came out that talks about limitations of liability and how it interacts with the Carriage of Goods by Sea Act. There you have an even lower limitation of liability where the ocean carriers can claim a $500 per package limitation for the package or per customary freight unit. And the way that I've seen this, I I handled a case a number of years ago where I was able to have two buses held at $500 per customary freight unit under the Carriage Goods by Sea Act. The way that that potentially could interact is, and I'm sure at least some people on the shipping end of this are wondering, well, what, what about if the carrier intentionally or the driver intentionally does something with the cargo? And there have been maybe a few courts, but it's not that widespread, who have tried to adopt the admiralty view that if there's something deliberate, it's a deviation, and then you don't have these limitations of liability. But that's not necessarily even the trend at this point in time. There have been some major cases that involve both admiralty and trucking cases, and one of those cases is in front of the United States Supreme Court, right now a case from California in order to determine 
if the U.S. Supreme Court is going to stand by its earlier case, which essentially held that if a case is basically admiralty and the Bill of Lading incorporates the Carriage of Goods by Sea Act, then that would be the applicable statute rather than the Carmack Amendment. But for some reason, that's going back up in front of the United States Supreme Court again. So it potentially could have some application with other forms of shipment, This, depending on what the United States Supreme Court has to do. And these days, a lot of shipments go actually go by uh, boat and by motor carrier. So there's a, an awful lot of intermodal shipments. Okay, Dan, finally, do you think there'll be any challenges to this uh, decision, and do you have any other final comments to make? No, I I would say in terms of something that is purely governed by the Carmack Amendment, that this is not an easy statute to get around. The only thing that I could see happening is that maybe if someone tries to challenge these limitations on the basis of a deliberate act, they might have a chance at trying to overturn it. But again, the trend has not gone that way. The best advice that I can give to a shipper is to carefully read the bill of lading. And my advice to the trucker is to make sure that they consult an attorney and make sure that they do have limitations of liability. Because the Carmack Amendment, from a liability standpoint, is a pretty straightforward statute but yet you can limit your liability. And I I think insurers who insure the cargo need to be aware of this because basically in a subrogation situation, they're just standing in the shoes of the shipper, and all they're going to get is their $25 per pound or maybe even less. So I, I don't see this likely to be overturned anytime soon. Okay, Dan, thank you very much for joining us today. Okay, thank you. That was Daniel Rabb from the law firm of Daniel W. Rabb, PA, in Miami, Florida. Special thanks as well to our producer, Brian Cohen. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast at ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, and now this message. Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is used by decision makers at insurance companies responsible for selecting legal counsel and representation. The printed directory is distributed annually to insurance companies, non-insurance companies, third-party administrators, and corporate counsel around the world, and the online edition is accessible throughout the year. Your listing in Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is the most effective way to ensure that thousands of potential clients have access to your outstanding credentials. Here's why you should be listed in the number one insurance insurance attorney reference. Your firm's credentials will be listed in our comprehensive reference guide, which is made available to thousands of insurance professionals globally, both in print and online. AMBEST listees are recognized as the most qualified in their field to represent the unique needs of insurance companies. Key decision makers rely on the directory to take the guesswork out of their selection process. They know that only the best are listed, those firms with a proven track record of excellence who are recommended by their insurance industry clients. And remember, one low rate guarantees year long visibility for your firm. We invite you to use our web application process to apply for a listing today. With our reasonable rates and broad exposure, there's no more effective way to get the attention of the insurance industry. For more information about Best's Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys, visit www.insuranceattorneysearch.com. 